Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan DeCenzi. Welcome back to the show. You know, last week's conversation with Lisa Turney about being unapologetically you was just so fantastic. And I wanted to come on today and talk about how to really be unapologetically you. You know, like how do you step into who you are when you have these life experiences that have kind of gotten in the way and they're clouding kind of your connection to your deeper sense of self, your knowingness, your intuition, your gut? How do you really dive in? And I know that for me, I have struggled with that at times in the earlier parts of my life because, as you all know, I had that awareness at four that we are these spiritual beings simply having human experiences. But as I was growing and having the life experiences that were traumatic or difficult or challenging or painful, it was really hard to not listen to the outside world, all the expectations, all the quote-unquote rules, all of the ideas that everybody else had about I don't know how you should feel or how you should think of things or how you should step into whatever, right? Like the the typical conditioning is that, you know, you're born and you're this little kid and then you go to school and you go to school for some period of time and then maybe you go off to college or you learn a trade or you find another path. And you do that for a while and you earn a living. And then maybe you find someone that you want to spend your life with. And maybe you get married and maybe you have children and you know the you buy the house and maybe have the white picket fence and you know, two and a half, two point five kids and the dog and the cat, and you kind of move through your life working in a career, your children grow up, they have children, you become this grandparent. Your kids are obviously out of the house, probably, maybe. (laughs) Nowadays, not so much, maybe. And you go off and you travel the world a bit. And, and, you know, every year as you were younger and, and experiencing life as this adult, you were taking a vacation and, you know, right? I could go on and on. That's typically how it goes for a lot of people, right? That's kind of the expectation. That's kind of the known thing. And yet, when you have this awareness or inner knowingness of something else deep within you, maybe at a young age, maybe as a teenager, maybe as an adult, sometimes we get in our own way and we get caught in the head trash because it doesn't seem to fit that kind of past conditioned piece. It doesn't seem to fit that idea that we learned to believe was potentially what we quote unquote should follow. 
And there we go. I'm sure you've heard the stop shooting on yourself kind of thing. And we say that a lot. We say a lot of shoulds. And I think that in order to be really unapologetically ourselves, like Lisa talked about on last week's show, it isn't so much listening to the shoulds within ourselves even at all. It is about allowing that deeper knowingness that is within you. Like I knew at four, we were these spiritual beings having a human experience. I've said that a million times. And I know that I didn't use that language at four. I didn't have that verbiage, right? To say, oh, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. But I knew that we were infinite and we were expansive and that we were this thing that my four-year-old mind did know the word of, and that was soul, and that there was more to us than what we could see. I knew we weren't just our bodies. I had that innate knowingness and the awareness of that knowingness since at age four, right? And I've also had a deep conviction, awareness, knowingness within that I am meant for global work, right? That my work and who I am as a person, how I show up, will impact the world. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to like, you know, develop some, you know, formula or scientific, uncover some scientific discovery for like the cure for all cancer. I don't mean global like that. I mean that I know that my work is meant to be global. I will reach people globally throughout the world. And so as I was in my 20s and 30s and struggling with different things because of some of the experiences I had, I had that deep knowing, but I allowed fear to get in the way because I had you know, safety issues, right? I needed to feel safe. I needed to feel like I could be out there in the world and maybe not have one of the trauma experiences happen again. Right? I didn't have this knowingness in my 20s that it would never happen again. And it had became, as I began my healing journey after the last assault, it really became about allowing myself to tap into that intuition that got my knowingness and then allow things to emerge. But the problem was, I was forcing it. And so like Lisa and I talked about last week, how, you know, sometimes things have to birth themselves. We can try to force things. We can try to make things happen. But just like I talked about on the show last week with the birth of my son, my body didn't want to be forced into giving birth to him. And so as soon as they stopped the medicine a few hours later, my body did kick into a more natural state. And I think that it is so relevant with what Lisa and I were talking about last week about how when we have that deep knowingness within, and we have all these experiences that have taught us almost to distrust that intuition and that gut and that knowingness, that that's when we step into a place of our ego and the wanting something to emerge or happen, right? So like, if I knew years ago that I, well, here, here's an example. 
I have been working on a couple of books for over 30 years, and I can honestly tell you that the times I have sat down to write the book with the intention that I need to write the book, I have to get this book done. I have to get this book out there. And I have tried to force it. I haven't felt the flow of it. And I've sat down with pen in hand because I'm still one of those old school paper pen kind of writing gals. I was forcing it and it was a struggle. You know, ideas weren't coming, words weren't easily flowing, things just weren't happening. But I kept at it day after day, trying to force it. As soon as I set it off to the side and I released the attachment that I had to finishing the book, trusting that I will finish it when the time is right for it to emerge, lo and behold, many years later, I sat down one day to write just a little bit for my literary agent. And instead, what happened was the entire book flowed. The entire manuscript happened. Within a seven-day period, the entire book was written. Now, that is not the book that I'm going to end up publishing because it was kind of like birthing the main ideas and the main, like my main work in a lot of ways, right? But it wasn't it, right? It wasn't the manuscript that I will send off to my agent and eventually to the publishers and so on and so forth. Now, had I taken that manuscript and tried once again to force it to be the manuscript, it still wouldn't have worked. And the reason I can tell you that I know that is because I did hire an editor to help me polish it and found lots of things that didn't work well together the way it was structured right now. And I remember being very disappointed when I had conversations with that editor because I felt like my work was being invalidated. And it wasn't that my work was being invalidated. It was that the way it was structured wasn't working. And yet, I can honestly tell you, I think I knew that before I even sent it to the editor. And so once again, I was not trusting that deeper knowingness within. I was allowing my ego to get in the way in the wanting state of wanting it to be done. And I remember many, many years ago, I was at a friend's 50th birthday party. And, you know, there were people there I obviously didn't know and had never met before. And, you know, you get the question all the time, what do you do? So what do you do? What do you do for a living? And I got tired of answering it with, oh, you know, I'm a licensed therapist, blah, blah, blah. And so this person asked me, so what do you do for a living? And instead of saying the typical, oh, you know, I'm a licensed therapist, I sat there for a minute and I said, I'm an emotional waste manager. And they cracked up laughing, right? And they're like, what? I said, I'm an emotional waste manager. And they said, what is that? Like it's some new big thing that they'd never heard of. And, you know, it just kind of flowed off the top of my head in that moment because it was funny. And I said, well, I help people get rid of their head trash. And she just laughed and laughed and laughed. If I had tried to come up with that, I wouldn't have been able to. 
But instead, I was present in the moment with this person who we were just meeting and getting to know one another. And I was curious about them and they were curious about me. And I just got quiet for a moment. Like Lisa talked about last week, I just took that pause. And instead of automatically answering with the typical answer I'd always answered with, I took a brief moment of pause and something emerged, was birthed through me. And even though it was just meant to be funny and something light, it was a moment of awareness of how I was allowing the flow, of how I was allowing that deeper knowingness within me to have a voice as opposed to me trying to make it be the case. And so, you know, when Lisa was talking last week about how when she was on that fifth date with her husband and, you know, she had been heavily involved in a 12-step program for Overeaters Anonymous, and it was a big, big deal to her to share with her husband that her 12-step work was priority. What she was really saying was that it wasn't about the particular issue of, of being in Overeaters Anonymous. It was about how she was making herself a priority to do the work that she knew she needed to do to be able to be within herself and connect more deeply to who she really was. And even though that person has evolved over the years now from that woman of 25 plus years ago to the person she is today, it was a testament to how we need to take those pauses and step back for a moment. Just like with my friend's birthday party so many years ago, when I said that, and again, it wasn't anything like life-shattering or totally serious or meant to be this, you know, big revelation of something. It was a cute and funny way of expressing a different aspect of who I am and how I work by saying that. And so it it started making me think after our conversation, you know, last week with Lisa After our conversation together, her and I, it started making me think of how we need, in order to really understand how to become who we are, we need to step back for a moment and ask that question of where we are not living in alignment with ourselves. Where are we allowing the outside world to get in the way? Where are we allowing the outside world to trigger up our egos where the ego then wants, the ego desires, the ego tries to force, the ego pushes? Now, one of my favorite acronyms for ego came from Neil Donald Walsh, pretty sure it was from Neil, where he refers, I believe, to ego, E-G-O, as edging God out. And what I, what I really love about that is that, to me, God can be anything, right? I remember, and I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before to some degree, I remember working at the prison where It was a therapeutic kind of model for these inmates, these male inmates, 
who had to have a substance abuse problem. So obviously, 12-step programs for substance abuse and addiction were something we did utilize there. And I remember one of the guys asking me if he was being sarcastic, actually, and he was, he was, you know, really kind of not wanting to be there and do the work within himself to make change. But he also knew that the prison was a lot closer to his family than other prisons in the state of Illinois. And he really didn't want to go to a different prison. So he figured, well, I'm here, I better, you know, half-ass do the work. And so I remember him being sarcastic when he asked me about, you know, the first step and admitting that he's powerless over his addiction. In other words, then, could that chair be my higher power? And I remember laughing and saying to him that if you really believe that that chair, you have a connection to that chair. And that chair is giving you insight, not from ego, but from that deeper knowingness inside of you. It's giving you insight and and awareness and answers and help. You're talking to that chair and that chair is giving you feedback. If you really believe that, then of course that chair can be your higher power. So when I say God... I am referring to that innate, deeper part of you, that deeper connected part of you that knows what you know that you know. It's that part of you that got that intuition, that instinct that makes you think for a brief moment before you leave your house that day, hey, maybe I should take a jacket with me. And then you kind of shrug off the thought, you leave the house, you you didn't take the jacket with you. And hours later, wherever you're at, you become chilly and say, ah, shit, I should have brought my jacket with me. It's that deeper part of you, like Lisa talked about last week, where she said, I wanted so much from a marketing perspective to put forth the 12 commandments, to put forth this new kind of brand. I wanted to make it happen but she knew she had to step back and sit with it in order to allow it to emerge into exactly what it needed to be. And I don't think that we as humans are typically conditioned to believe that or think like that. You know, I I don't think that we are typically kind of given permission to allow something to emerge. We are kind of focused on making it happen all the time. And I think sometimes in order to, quote unquote, make something happen, to really allow it to emerge on its own, we have to stop trying. We have to stop forcing it. So if you're, let's say, dealing with anxiety then, well, if you're trying to force figuring out why you feel so much anxiety and you're getting frustrated that you feel it and you don't know why or how it's there and how to stop it. That is the same thing as trying to force a business to emerge or like Lisa's, you know, commandments to unfold. If we step back and we kind of honor where we're at in the moment, which is like if you're in the middle of feeling like anxiety and you're starting to even feel physical symptoms of it, let's say, well, if your innate knowingness is to stop for a moment and take a deep breath, 
then that's what needs to happen. You stop, you take a deep breath, and you don't try to pick every little piece of it apart in order to figure it out. It's the same with me as, you know, leaving my practices almost six years ago in my full time job and wanting to create a new business for myself that looked different than my career over the last 24 years and trying to make it happen as opposed to allowing it to emerge and unfold as it will. And I think that in order to be unapologetically ourselves, it's about being willing to show up as who you are, regardless of how other people's expectations or beliefs or ideas, how that might cloud the filter in which they're viewing you from. It's precisely why I say swear words, which, you know, I'm not justifying or explaining to you now why I use them. It's just a release for me. It, it's just a, a set of, you know, letters that are put together that have a sound that maybe form a syllable or more. And they are an energetic kind of release, no different than the word the right? The sounds a particular way and has a particular meaning. But that's the point right there. It's about the meaning. And I don't give meanings to those kinds of things. So like when Lisa and I were talking last week, and I talked about how, you know, like for some people using offensive language, and she pointed out that even saying the word offensive language is a judgment. It's those kinds of realizations that make you say, wow, I'm still judging myself and maybe even others by the meanings that I have learned to give things and thus those filters I'm viewing the world through. And so in order to be able to step into that more fully spiritually expressed you, that more authentic, vulnerable, unapologetic you, it's important that you are willing to know yourself. And what that really means then is all what you deem and term the good and the bad, what you deem and term the positive and the negative, the strength and the weakness, the infinitely possible and the limitations. So if you believe that you cannot do something, you're going to struggle when you make an attempt to do it. But if your innate deep knowingness within you, your gut, your soul, your intuition, your deep knowingness tells you that you can, then who are you to listen to the ego and your mind's critical inner voice that says you can't? Don't you have the power to literally tell your mind to shut the fuck up and have it step to the side so that you can create whatever it is that you want to create. And that means becoming then who you are choosing to be and not listening to your critical inner voice that is coming from ego and is simply there to protect you and guide you. And it's not listening to other people outside of yourself who have their ideas and judgments and opinions and beliefs. It's about taking a look within ourselves And when we lay our head down on the pillow each night, 
we feel comfortable knowing that we did the very best we could that day with what information and resources and experiences we had up to that moment and made decisions based on our heart's voice instead of the one in our head. Being vulnerable and being transparent is really about being unapologetically you. It's about saying, here is who I am, and I am learning to love myself and to like me. I'm continuing to evolve as the expert of my own life. It's interesting, Lisa talked about how something is kind of emerging with that term evolving experts, and she had said she bought the URL for it. And one of the interesting things that I always talk about with my clients and even in my own life and with friends and family is that as a licensed therapist and coach, a lot of people come to me thinking that I'm the expert. And while I am an expert in many areas, because I have many life experiences and some training and some education and all these pieces like all of us do, to be honest with you. I am an evolving expert in my own life. You are an evolving expert in your own life. Your next door neighbor is an evolving expert in their own life. Each one of us is an expert of our own lives. No one else is more expert for my life than me. And so if I recognize that I am not living my deepest desires, my deepest heart, voice, heart-centered, soul-guided, knowingness within. If I'm not living from that place on my path, then I'm probably living from ego. I'm probably the one, like Lisa talked about, who's fucking it up. And it's up to me to then step back and say, where is my life going that is not in alignment and matching what that deep knowingness within me knows? Where have I gone off the path? Where am I not listening to myself versus, you know, listening to somebody else? And so I think a great question to ask yourself a very simple question is, is this really coming from my heart's voice or is this coming from ego? And you can ask yourself that question whenever you have a decision to make about something, whenever you are looking at creating, right? If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and you are looking at creating some marketing or creating some content, and it feels like you're trying to force it and it's not flowing well, but you, but man, you got to get this done. You need to put this out there. People are going to love it. They're ready for it. They want it. Ask yourself, is it coming from your ego or is it coming from your intuitive knowingness within your heart's voice? If you're struggling, let's say, with some kind of a mental health issue, like some depression or anxiety or frustration, or you're angry about something, ask yourself if what you're really feeling and experiencing is coming from that deepest knowingness within you, 
or is it coming from ego and fear? I bet you'd be surprised to find that a majority of the time, some of those very intense emotional pieces are coming more from ego and the story and not from really who you are. So to step in and be unapologetically you, to really live the life that you are wanting, to create that life, to design, it has to come from your heart's voice. And it has to come from that deep internal knowingness within that says, I am stepping into my authentic voice. This 100% in every fiber of my being feels right, feels in alignment, feels authentic to me. And I am stepping in, scared as hell maybe, but I am stepping in so that I can keep taking those actions and moving forward to continue evolving into that expert of my life. Like Lisa talked about, if you're not getting what you want, if you're not happy, it's probably within you, just like it is within me. And honestly, it's within every person on this planet. The difference is that if we're aware of it and we know that then, now we can do something about it and make a different choice so that we can learn to listen to our heart's voice instead of listening to either the voice in our head or the voice of our conditioning that happens from out there. So go forth and be the unapologetically badass you that you are meant to be and step into becoming more spiritually and fully expressed as you, connected to your deepest sense of you and self. That's how you truly become a spiritually expressed human. Thank you so much for being here. And if you need a little bit of assistance, check it out in the show notes, but reach out to me at susandesenzi.com and fill out the contact form and let's get on a complimentary call together where I can help guide you through. 30 minutes is a long time. We can do a lot of stuff in 30 minutes and it's not a sales call or a pitch fest or anything. It's really 30 minutes to pick my brain and help me help you and guide you on that path to being the spiritually expressed badass you were born to be. So until next week, go be that spiritual badass. I love you all, and I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option, getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.